So Hashem tells uh, Moshe Rabbeinu that all the Shvatim should give a, a, a staff uh, to Moshe, and all 12 staffs should be placed in the oil moyot, and Aaron's staff should be placed in the middle. And in the morning, they saw that the staff of Aaron, Vayigmal Shkedim, almonds grew on his staff and not on the others. There was a sign that Aaron was actually chosen for the Kahuna Gedela. Now, what's the significance of almonds? So Rashi says, because almonds grow very fast, and it's to show that anybody who criticizes the kahuna of Aaron and questions it will be quickly and speedily punished, like Kairach. So just like the almonds grow fast, the punish will come fast. And the Cheskuni gives a slightly different shot that the kohanim are zrizenheim, they're very swift, they work with alacrity, and that's the infashkedim, fast. They're very, they're very um, industrious. Uh, Ichsidis is a whole different pshat. Shkedim is from the shkedim shoyked is the concept of speed, something that goes fast and diligently. Ichsidis says the reason why there's an association between kahuna and aranakoyin and the idea of being fast is because when Kohanim blessed the Jewish people, their blessings has a unique power. It has a unique ability that nothing else can accomplish. When they bless, what they bring down through their blessings is something very fast and um, without interruption, without delay. The Baruchas are actualized and fulfilled with great speed. Now, to understand what that means, Chassidus gives a, a contrast to that with tefillah. When we daven, we also, Hashem fulfills our tefillahs. It says, Tefillah, Hashem doesn't tell us to daven for no reason, just in vain. It must be Hashem does answer our tefillahs. So how come we don't always see that our tefillahs are answered, at least uh, empirically? We don't see... Um, um, we don't feel how, how it's actually fulfilled. So Chassidus explains like this. And generally, we need to understand why do we daven every day? If we're already on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, Hashem already preordains what we should get, how much parnasin, how much health, everything. Bona Chaim is all preordained Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, as the Gemara says. But the Nois Hashem Adam Ktsuvim Loim Rosh Hashanah Ad Yom Kippurim. So why do we need to daven every day? It's already preordained Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. It says, and in the Gemara says more than that, Adam Nidun B'chol Yem, every day you're being judged. If, why do we, if we're already judged on Rosh Hashanah, and Hashem already then preordains what we should get, then why do we need to judge us again every day, and then we need to daven every day? The answer Chesidus gives, that we have to understand the dynamics of what it means to bring down into the physical world uh, various blessings that we need, that we depend on. <clears throat> Everything that comes down into the physical world originates in the higher spiritual realms and can be traced back all the way back to the highest, most sublime world, the world of Atsilas. Atsilas is the first world, the template of Atsilas, of the spheres of Chesed, Gvurat, Eferis, is the first primary um, template that Hashem created, uh, which he's using as a, as a means to provide creation with its individual, with each creation's individual needs.
But chesed d'atzilus, for example, chesed is kindness. Kindness, the way it is in the world of atzilus, is extremely sublime and abstract. But it is the basis and the source, the original source, from where all the blessings come down into a person's life, all the way down to the physical level. But when it comes from the level of chesed and atzilus, there it's not translated into physical terms. There it's on a level of kindness and blessings, which are hovering on a spiritual plane. So when a person daves Roshan Yom Kippur, all that happens is that there is a determination that so much chesed should come this person on Roshan Yom Kippur for the rest of the year. During Roshan Yom Kippur, there's a, there's a predetermination how much chesed that person should get. But the chesed at that stage is still on a very sublime spiritual level. If that chesed were, were to remain on that level, that it could mean then that the person would get chesed. But chesed, the way it is translated in terms of the spiritual realms. So let's say in Ganeidim, when the person dies after 120 years, he'll get more pleasure and joy, spiritual, right? There's this esoteric divine joy that Nisham is feeling in Ganeidim. He'll have an extra measure of that. that because that chesed will, is, is, um, took on the form of a spiritual type of chesed. In order for the chesed to, to be translated into lower and lower terms, that means it should travel from, from world to world, becoming ever more material, ever more coarser, until it can be translated and transformed into a physical form of chesed, translating into money, livelihood, health. It, it's, a, it's a long journey. And Chesedus explains that when it travels from one world to to allow it to travel and be manifest in a lower world, bringing it closer to the person's material and physical experience of life, there is always a reconsideration in the heavens. Does the person merit for that chesed that was preordained or Hashanah Yom Kippur to then travel down and manifest itself on lower levels as well? Otherwise, he gets stuck in the higher worlds, and then the person will get great chesed in the world to come, greater joy in the spiritual sense. That's why we daven every day, because every day there's a new consideration, uh, a, a, a new evaluation. Should, should that chesed that was preordained on Yom Kippur come to the person in, in a more tangible form, in a physical form of bana chayim zayim? And he says that process can be experiencing delays because there's a judgment maybe the person doesn't deserve it to get it on that lower level maybe okay he'll only get it on a spiritual level he says but the brachas of Aaron have a unique power they when, when they give a bracha the blessings comes from the highest source and instantly and instantaneously it it, it, it hits right away here in the physical world. It bypasses the whole protocol and hierarchy of one world and the next world and all the considerations and the judgments that go on before it can travel down to the next level. It bypasses all of that. It goes straight from the source down to the physical world. Chesidus gives an analogy for this. When a person is thinking, contemplating to do something, undertake a major uh, project. Let's say somebody wants to go on a diet. It's a major change in a person's life. 
So let's say a person first comes to the realization, I should be doing it. This is something I should be doing. They're convinced that this is the right thing for them to do, but that doesn't mean they're going to do it. it it's a theoretical idea, that a theoretical realization, this is, the right, this is the right thing for me to do. It's a fitting, it's befitting for me to do it. But that means it's a theory. Theoretically, it's, a, it's befitting, but not that I'm actually in a mode where I'm actually going to do it. Then there could be that a person moves to the next level, the next uh, stage, where he said, okay, let me actually think how I'm going to actually do it. And then the person, um, and even then, there's a new, another assessment. Actually do it, how should I do it? Should I do it this way, should I do it that way? Who should I talk to? And then you can get cold feet and not do it again, and then cancel the whole thing. So the various stages, until the person actually takes the plunge and do it physically, going down to Eulama Maisa, there is a whole journey from the theoretical level to um, the level of thought where you actually consider actually doing it, but then you have to discuss it with someone and maybe you might reconsider it. Before you actually, when you get already to the stage where you actually where you take the plunge, there's a moment of hesitation and saying, wait a second, let me think what... It, it may be subtle, but it, it, it is like a moment of reassessment. Should I really do it? Because taking the plunge is a major leap. Before you take that leap, a person tries to reassess again. Okay, is this the right thing really? The same thing with the Hamshachas that come through our prayers in Rosh Yom Kippur. But let's say a person is overcome with an awakening, with a, a desire to do something based not on a logical realization that this is good for me and it's right for me, but there is this intense urge and desire and, and joy and pleasure that, that drives a person mad. You know, you really want something. And it's not logical. It transcends logic. It comes from a place deeper than logic. There, there's no stopping. Nothing can stop the the person from moving from theory to action. It goes straight into action. All the considerations that usually take place in, on the way down to action, when you start thinking about it more seriously about it until you actually speak about it and then you consider how to do it, all these levels are totally bypassed in this in this moment because it's an urge that comes from the deepest level of a person. Or for example, a person is in a, in a very dangerous spot, a person is in a burning building, and the survival instinct kicks in. At that moment, the person doesn't think, okay, how should I get out of the building? You just leap into action from the moment that this, uh, that, that gut uh, feeling of, of, of survival kicks in, the person leaps instantly, instantaneously, into action. There's no delay. Straight to action. Why? Because the urge, the impulse to survive is so powerful, transcends all the, the sensibilities of a person, the logic of a person, that there's no room for consideration, for delay. It is directly from the essence of the person that wants to live to action. And there's, uh, seamlessly, they, they, they go... They connect seamlessly without any delay. That's the power of Birkus Kahanim, that they can bring the blessings from very high, higher up, from a place which is higher than what's called in Chesidus Ishtal Shalos, 
the template of creation. They're from a place where there is no stopping. When, when the blessings come from that place, from that higher infinite source, which is higher than the framework of creation, it, it hits the material world instantly. And that's the Shkedim, that Kohanim, the Ebesh, they wanted to show that the power of Birkas Kohanim is so great. And that's why the Rebbe was always insisting that Kohanim should give blessings. And in Chabad, it became Dominic, that under the Chuppah, a Kohen gives a blessing. Wherever, on any occasion, we, we invite the Kohanim, the unique power of Kohanim.